Hello and welcome back to a new episode of the Starting XI podcast. Nico Kramer, of course, joined with my wonderful co-host, Spencer Shapiro. How are you doing, Spencer? I'm doing good. How are you? Well, I'm doing great. Uh, Matia won't be joining us this episode. We plan to have him back as soon as possible. I know we keep saying that, but I mean, he'll come back at some point, we believe. <laughs> but <laughs> we're going to start off with, of course, the biggest news in which um, it did happen last week. We didn't have an episode last week. We did record one, but we just decided not to post it. We'll touch on it briefly. We won't do a whole thing. But, of course, it's Messi who decided – well, he didn't really decide, but the club decided for him that he's going to be staying at Barcelona for another season. Um, it was a pretty crazy turn of events, to be honest with you, although I did call it. I did call it, in all fairness. But, um, I mean, it's kind of a crazy story. I mean, what are your what are your thoughts on this, Spencer? I mean, I think it's just sad that it's come down to the point that Barca's greatest ever player, the greatest ever player, feels stuck at the club. Yeah. And, I mean, he's not being held hostage, but... Eh. And to an extent. <laughs> he, he, wa- he doesn't want to be there, but he's staying because he has so much love for the club. I think I think there's a chance that him commits saying he was going to stay could have been his way of forcing Bartomeu to go because yeah. Bartomeu did say he'd resign if Messi said he'd stay at the club but could have just been some more BS from yeah Bartomeu yeah for sure and I mean I think when I look back on the situation I mean, Messi did that interview with um, Golazo TV or, or Goal TV I'm sorry I forget the name he did that interview, of course, where he talks about the club. And he's saying that Bartomeu is turning it into a disaster of a club. I mean, he was it was really harsh. And it was really just him being fully honest, which you haven't really seen a Messi be so public like that in the past. And I think the thing that got me the most out of all of that was when he said how he – when he told his family, his kids, you know, started crying, and his wife didn't want to go, all that, you know, family drama, which I think is expected. But I, the way he said it, it seemed like it was much more of a deal than maybe everyone else saw it. And I think this may be wrong, but when I look back on this, and I said it in, like, I think not the last episode, but the one before that, this could be just a power play for Messi, trying to have Bartomeu leave right now. Because um, I, I really don't think Messi ever wanted to leave Barcelona. You know, I don't think he wanted to go. He just didn't want to continue under the same realm of Bartomeu. And I think... He did this whole thing as a power play to try to get him out, and I don't. And it didn't work. I mean, I, I, you know, Bartomeu's still there. Of course, he can't be there next March when the elections happen. But wow. Bartomeu was still there. I, I don't know. I mean, I think I really think he just tried to get Bartomeu out, and it didn't work out. I mean, I think there's a little more to that, but I definitely can see where you're coming from. Yeah, in that. It could have all just been a bluff, but I mean, I mean, did did Messi? Yeah. You think Messi really wanted to leave? You know, that is like moving from Barcelona to Manchester right. off the field. Yeah, just hard. On the field, it's very arguable that Man City would be a better fit, but you have right. to say you'd rather live in Barcelona than Manchester. Yeah. No, 100%. But, 
I think it's a very tough thing to speculate on. I mean, because I don't know. there's just so much yeah. we don't know about the situation. Again, as he was thinking and stuff, but when I look at it, I, I just I believe that he really was going. He, I think he was prepared to go, you know, but. Mm-hmm. I, I really think this kind of backfired on him in a sense. Now, if we, uh, of course, we can predict where it will be after this season. I mean, it's a long way away. But I really think, as we know, in March or whenever the election is going to be, I think it's in March right now, Bart Smith can't run again. He has already selected who he wants to run for him. So um, that's, you know, I'm sure Messi won't be backing him. He's going to back uh, the other guy. I forget his name as well. I think Calderon. I, I forget the name on top of my head. But, we know Messi will still be there past next March. Do you mm-hmm. think there's a chance that if Bartomeu, well, Bartomeu's going to leave, and you think there's a chance that the guy Messi wants to um, have as president, you think Messi's going to stay there for even longer? I mean, I don't. I think if there's a new president, depending on who it is, is very key. But I think Messi will stay yeah. if he's happy with the new president. Yeah. I think... I think he's going to play a major role in the next election. I think it could come down to who he decides he wants as the next Barcelona president. But there's a lot of behind-the-scenes drama at Barcelona that really, I think, is just extremely detrimental to the football club. Yeah. Because... I definitely think how your club is run off the pitch greatly affects your performance on it. So I think with all the drama behind the scenes, I think it's going to be very difficult for them to improve as a team, which frankly they need to do drastically in order to compete for any major titles whatsoever. Yeah. And we'll, I mean, let's, let's talk about that team. And of course, Ronald Koeman's coming in as a new coach. He came in and said what I think every single play, person in the world is thinking, you know, talking about Antoine Griezmann, that he's been played out of position and he hasn't performed well, which, you know, it's fine. Thank you for saying that. It's it's quite obvious. Setien, I guess, didn't figure it out or got very day. But, yes, it's very obvious. Now we see, weeks later, after saying that exact quote, we see now that Memphis Depay, of course, from the Dutch national team, a Ronald Koeman uh, coach, of course, is already – agreed with Barcelona, his contract, and it's up to Barcelona and Lyon to make a deal. Am I missing something, right? I, if if Depay comes in, where, where does Griezmann play? After he just said that Griezmann needs to be played at striker, now you're going to sign Depay. Am I, I, I'm so confused. I mean, I just don't see why Depay is the signing Barcelona are looking for. Like, yeah. the, out of everywhere on the pitch, you'd think forward attacking players are the one area where they don't need players. Right. They have Messi. They or Suarez is out of contract, but it's not really clear what's up with him. Yeah. They have Griezmann. Coutinho's back. Mm-hmm. Ansu Fati, Dembele. They don't need more attacking players. They need mm-hmm. to figure out the gel, like how to mix them. Adding another player in there won't help. What will help is adding in another defender. I look at Serginho Dest as someone who can come in and greatly improve that team. Yeah. But 
I think they need to spend the money, not in a way that'll get them the jersey sales, because frankly, the pie will get will bring back a lot of money in in sales. A lot of pe- a lot of the Dutch people will buy their jer- buy his jersey. But I think they need to make solid signings, not really flashy signings. No, for sure. And you know, we see another sign that we talked about in the last episode uh, was Naldum. Um, being linked with Barcelona, and apparently it's been pretty it's, – it's gone kind of far, although there's been no agreement with Liverpool yet. I think that is kind of an interesting signing for Barcelona, of course, bringing in Pjanic. Um, you know, we talked about that a while ago. We didn't like that move, and I still don't like that move. Um, of course, with Fangie de Jong, and they have Busquets is really starting to come to an end, and Rui Puig and a few others. They sold Rakitic, of course. I think Wijnaldum is – you know, we talk about solid signings. I think it is – it's solid signing. It's kind of on the cheap, um, surprisingly, I think. But you're right. I mean, I don't – you know, they lost they, – they conceded eight goals. You know, that's that remains the fact. They conceded eight goals in the game uh, to Bayern Munich. And you're telling me that well, after you concede eight goals in a Champions League game or any game, then you want to go in next season with an updated attack – and a little bit of updated midfield, but you want to keep the same defense. I, I feel like I must be. I start. I don't know. It, it it seems too obvious, you know, as a neutral or as a as a, a fan that they don't want to update the defense. And I know they don't have a lot of money. Um, that is true. But you know, offload. You have to offload some guys. And I really think at this point, Dembele for me, I I don't see him. You know, offload. Coutinho if they can. Offload. Of course, these guys are on huge wages, and um, Barcelona want a lot more money than what they're really worth. But I would love to see them bring in a new uh, center back. I mean, they desperately need a new center back. Jordi Alba is starting to get too, a little bit too old as well at the left uh, at that position. So it's it's just needed to get defenders, and they're not doing it. I mean, I to me, it's crazy. I I just don't understand. I mean, you say you like. I don't like the Wijnaldum signing at all for Barcelona, to really? be honest. Frankly, I don't. I think Wijnaldum is a very good player. I think he's someone who can who can play a good role in the center of the park. But I don't think Barcelona should be looking to sign twenty twenty nine year old players, almost thirty year old players. Yeah. At the That's moment, I think they should be looking to invest in youth. I think that. I don't. I liked the the young signing a lot last year. Mm-hmm. I think they could be look. I think it would be very interesting if they signed someone like Eduardo Camavinga, who's a promising yeah, for sure. youngster. I think they could look at someone like Ruben Neves, maybe from Wolves. But I don't like them signing players on the back end of the, their career because, frankly. Yeah. At some point, Barcelona are going to have to look to the future because Messi won't be there forever. That's been made very clear. Yeah. And there really isn't enough youth in this team to take over as this older generation leaves. So I just envision some very tough times for Barcelona yeah. in, the, in the coming years it, that the whole messy situation will just make that much harder. For sure. I mean, again, PK is, is really coming to an end, as we know. Lenglet is in top quality. Umtiti's falling out of the squad. 
And it's you know, when you compare them to Real Madrid or Atletico Madrid, who both spent big last summer, especially Atletico Madrid, um, you look at someone like uh, Fontino Perez at Real Madrid, right? When Ramos was linked for even a month of leaving, Eder Militao came in, Azus Vallejo came in, Nacho stayed. It's just, I feel the, most clubs in the world, right, understand both parts of the game, attacking and defending. And we've seen how big defenders can be for teams. You know, the Van Dyke in Liverpool, uh, Ramos in, in Madrid. It's countless, countless players I can name for, with clubs that the, a strong defense is needed to win. And if you're going to display the same defense that conceded eight goals uh, to Bayern Munich for this next coming season, upcoming season, it to me, it's it's an embarrassment. And I, for Messi's sake, I, I, I do feel bad for him in that sense because I think he knows, as most people do know, right, that this is just an issue that needs to be resolved. But we'll definitely come back to talk about Barcelona. There's going to be a lot of news, I'm sure, in the upcoming uh, weeks and, and, and months leading up to the Liga season, of course, and starts off in a few weeks, I believe. But we'll switch over to the Premier League, right, the big league. that starts tomorrow on Saturday, match day one. And we're going to have some predictions. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll talk about the games afterwards. But going into the season, it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. Um, and we're going to do... Well, we're going to do one through seven. We're going to do top goal score, uh, most valuable player player of the season, um, and we'll do the relegation teams. Oh, we'll also do coach this season. That's right. So we're going to do those. Spencer, we'll start off with you, Spencer. Let me get your one through seven. Uh, one through seven. At one, I'm going to put Liverpool. I think yeah. they're going to – I think – that they're going to be able to regain their form from last season. And I think it's going to be much closer between them and Man City. But I think Liverpool will just have the desire to make it over the line. I think Man City are going to get distracted later on in the season by the Champions League. And I just think when it comes down to it, Liverpool are going to be able to get the results in when it matters. At number two, I'm going to have Man City. I think they're going to bounce back somewhat, but I, as I said, I don't think they're going to have enough to overtake Liverpool. At three, I'm going to put Chelsea. I think they may. I don't think they're going to be quite in the title race, but I think they'll be able to hang around for a while. I think they'll maybe finish. With a new number 10. <laughs> mm-hmm. Of course, Pulisic is a player who's going to be exciting to watch for them. But I think they have a lot of potential going into next season. At four, this may come as a surprise, but I'm going to put Arsenal. Oh, come on. Don't do I think, I think I think Mikel Arteta is the right man for them. I think they're going to be able to they're going to be able to build off a lot of the momentum they've had last season. I really like a lot of their young players. I really like Kieran Tierney. I think he's going to be able to benefit from another season. I re- the way Maitland Niles has been playing recently is ph- phenomenal. Phenomenal. I think even Granite Jack is looking good again in the center of the park. And yeah. I think they'll be able to surprise a lot of people. Okay. At, at five, this may come as another shot, no. but <laughs> I'm gonna put Everton. Yeah, I really like a lot of their signings this summer. 
I absolutely love Carlo Ancelotti as a manager for them. I think he's one. I think he's one of the best managers in the world. I think now that he's had the time to coach this Everton team, he's had a transfer window. I think he'll be able to put in probably their best season of the decade and finish in fifth. I don't think they'll be able to crack the Champions League, but I think they'll come close. At six, I'm going to put Tottenham. I don't think they'll be able to push for top top four, but I think Mourinho will do just enough to keep them in the Europa League spots. I think they may have a long Europa, Europa League run, which could lead to them qualifying for the Champions League. But at number seven, I have United. Oh, a my lot- God. I didn't even realize you're putting United that's okay. A lot of people really like really like what they're doing, but I think there are fundamental problems in the club. I don't like their backline. Uh, I don't like Harry Maguire. I think their attack is isn't great. I don't think I'm not a big fan of Bruno. I do not like Donny Van de Beek as a signing. And I think Ole's going to be sacked by the end of the season. Huh. And okay. for the relegation, yeah. in 18th, I have West Brom. Okay. I don't think, just being promoted, I don't think they've really made any splashes, and I think they're going to go right back down. Uh, in 19th, I have Brighton. I don't, mm. I've never really been a, been fond of them as a club. I think they've been lucky to stay in the Premier League for this long. I don't think Graham Potter's a good manager for them. So that's why I have them at 19th. And at 20th, I have West Ham. Yeah. I think with everything going on behind the scenes at the club, I think it's going to be very hard for them to put together a good season at all. I think they're going to really struggle with just a complete division between the players and the owner. Mark Noble, their captain, is calling out their owner on Twitter. The owner's talking about how his son begged him not to sign two of their players and cried about it. Yeah, I just don't think it's a good situation at all for them. Okay. Okay, well, I mean, that's... We'll definitely come back to it in the end of season. There are a few questionable choices, but I'm gonna have a few questionable choices as well. Um, and I think I think we both know it's gonna happen. So at first place, I'm gonna go with Manchester City, who mm-hmm. I think it's I think it kind of is. Well, it's not the obvious choice, but I think it's you know one of the two obvious picks. Um, I think Guardiola is gonna get them get them going. I think I think they will sign Kulabali at some point before the the window closes and I think they're going to be strong and it's just such a good depth in the team. I think they're going to be able to win it at second place. Um, this may come as a surprise Chelsea. quite, quite opposite to what Spencer said, but I'm going to go with Manchester United oh, no. at second place in the Premier League. And, I, and I'll tell you why to end the season. I was loving the way that they were playing. I love it. I, I, again, unlike you, I love the Donny van de Beek signing. I think it adds depth, and it's just another great player in that midfield. Bruno Fernandes, for me, is just what well, we all know. He's changed Man United for the better. He's been an amazing signing. And I think Pogba will finally be able to play 
a full season, hopefully. Um, and if they can sign Sancho, which is up in the air right now, but they might be able to. Very unlikely. Mm, I think I think it's going to happen, but we'll see. If not, I still put them in my second. But they sign Sancho, that attack is going to be just breathtaking, I think. It's going to be so fun to watch. And I really Do you think, think they're going to be in a fun. title race? Um, I think by top three, which I'll get to the third in a minute. I think we all know what the third is going to be, though. Well, um, the top three, I think I think it's going to become close. I'll take City to win by six points. Six points over Man United. So two games. I mean, it's, it's pretty close. Um, but I, I, think, I think people are going to underestimate Man United this season. I really... The way they finished the end of the season last uh, last year, and I, I loved it. I loved it. And I think they're going to continue that with maybe uh, Sancho, maybe not. But, of course, with Van de Beek, who I like. At third place, I am going to go with Liverpool. Um, mm-hmm. I know thirds. Again, I have, you know, this this prediction could either go so right, but it's probably going to go so wrong. But I mean, I did well, put United in second. <laughs> well, I mean, I, you know, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. But yeah. Liverpool at third, I mean, you know, we all know how good Liverpool is. But what I don't what, – what put me to put Liverpool in second and third, I think, honestly, they could be tied on points. Um, United and Liverpool just – you know, you're going to edge them on goal differential or whatever. It's going to be really close, of course. Um, Liverpool, I don't – this, this uh, transfer window, I really wanted them to get someone. And I, I mean, think, they still might get Thiago. Yeah, I, that, still that, linked with his Mela star. Yeah, that doesn't. Uh, I mean, if they get Thiago, I like that. Um, it's my star. It's not you know that much to me. I think they really need Bruce a Warner. and Brewster. Yeah. But but I, I'm talking about big names. I like names. big names other than but Thiago. They don't need a big name. Mm. I I love Brewster as a player. I think he can be a great yeah, backup. But he's I don't. I think he can be a very good backup striker. I don't know if he's going on loan. Harry Wilson. It's unclear if he's going to leave or not, but I think he can be a very good for them. I lo- Nico Williams is looking incredible. Okay, he just okay. scored his first goal for Wales. We don't want, we so don't want to touch on this too long. But, yeah, those guys, these guys are good young prospects. I just don't think those guys are going to really make a difference in the Premier League, in my opinion. I think the Warner signing okay. was a big okay. letdown for them. I would have loved that signing. I'm not a fan of Firmino. Um, i got to be completely honest with you. You know that. I'm not a big yeah. Firmino fan. I think Werner really would have just been perfect to add to that front three. I just think – I think you're putting out the same team once again, maybe a few changes, but nothing drastic to me where I think that they're going to be able to compete with City. Well, they'll be able to compete with City. That's not the right way to put it. But I don't think they're going to be able to last out um, to the end of the season and win. But, of course, I, I'm not underestimating Liverpool. Or I don't want to because we all know how good they are and how, how well they did last season. But I just think – you look at teams like United and Chelsea and everything, as you say, and, and City updating these squads and Liverpool not doing that is a little scary to me. But we'll see how that goes. And at fourth place, I am going to go with Chelsea, who I just mentioned, who have just had an amazing transfer window. Um, and I also think – I think this top four is going to be really close. I really do. I don't think it's going to be a runaway this season uh, by any means. And I think Chelsea will be competing in there with United and, and City and Liverpool. Up until the end, we love. I love their signings. Uh, Pulisic, of course, I think it's gonna have an amazing season, and it's gonna. I really think they're gonna be so much fun to watch. But I just think that it's gonna take them one season to integrate guys like Havertz and Ziyech and Werner mm-hmm. 
and others and Chilwell and so many, Silva, so many. Uh, it's going to take a little bit of time for them to do that. At fifth place, I'm going to go with Everton, who uh, I'm agree with you on this one, Spencer. I think Everton are going to be strong. I love their coach, as you said. I love their signings that they brought in. Hamas, uh, of course, most recently from Madrid. I think it's interesting. We'll see how he can do in the Premier League. And Alon from Napoli and, you know, multiple others. I really like Everton's signings, and I agree with you that they're going to have a good season. At sixth place, I am going to go with Tottenham. Um, I think Tottenham is – again, I I don't have a lot of optimism for Tottenham going this season, but I think they will be still – you know, sixth place I think is fair. I think Mourinho is still a good coach, of course, and they'll be able to get up there into sixth place. And at seventh place, I'm going to go with Arsenal. Um, I know a lot of people might be thinking, well, Leicester City, you just, you know, drop them out, not in the top seven. I I, I think that's going to happen. Too, yeah, I, just, I, I agree with the Leicester. Yeah, yeah. Nothing really much is happening there. And I think Arsenal, yeah, as you said, have improved. Well. Yeah. yeah. No, Arsenal have improved. You're right. But I just, to me, I can't get behind Arsenal with that defense. I can't. And I'm not going to be able to. I'm going to put in seventh place. For the relegation, um, at 18th, I'm going to have um, West Ham. I think I agree with you. They are going to go down. They were lucky to survive last season, to be completely honest with you. And I do believe they're going to go down this season. And 19th, I'm going to go Aston Villa, who were very lucky to stay up last season as well. Um, Grealish may or may not be there. To me, it doesn't really matter. I don't think they have the squad to compete another season. And last place, I'm going to go with Fulham. I think Fulham are going to drop right back out to work from where they came from. And they were really disappointing in the last Premier League uh, run. They did sign Ariola from PSG, which is a great signing as a goalkeeper, but you know what a goalkeeper can only do t- so much. But so yeah, those are my predictions. Again, <laughs> I know it's a little a little weird, but I don't know. I think I have, I have faith in in these new teams that are bringing up great players. But we'll hop over to and I'll ask you, Spencer. We can go first. Uh, we'll do Coach of the Year, Player of the Year, and Goal Scorer, Highest Goal Scorer. For coach of the year, I really wanted to go with Marcelo, Marcelo Bielsa. I yeah, think the Leeds are going to have a great season. I think they, they're going to finish in the top half. But my, big, my bold prediction was Arsenal are going to make mm. top four. And if Arsenal do make top four, I think there's only one man who coach of the year can go to, and that's Mikel Arteta. Yeah. Yeah, no, for me... Um, of course, putting putting Man United a second, I think implies in a sense that I need to have Solskjaer as coach of the year because you need an amazing mm-hmm. coach to do that. So I'm going to take um, Solskjaer. I know, especially you think he's going to get fired. <laughs> I'm going to do a different route and say he's going to get coach of the year. Um, and yeah, I think sacked you know, by I, Christmas. Ooh, is that? Is that? Is yeah, that nah, I, uh, I, okay, I'm okay. Joking. I was going to say that seems pretty harsh, but yeah, I mean. I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna go with Solskjaer, Coach of the Year, and all right. Let's do Player of the Year, Spencer. Who do you have? Uh, Player of the Year. I have a bomb on. Oh, okay, that's a good one. I think, er, I think he's gonna be top goal scorer as well again, and I yeah. think he's gonna be the driving force behind Arsenal finishing in the top four. True, that that is a good one. I'm personally gonna go with De Bruyne. Um, I think again, again, I am. 
Uh, he deserved it this year 100%. And I think he's the best player in the Premier League, in my opinion. And I think by a good amount, too. He's an amazing player. And I think, as I believe, when City win the Premier League, he's just going to be someone that was doing what he was doing this season all over again. Um, and he's going to have he's just going to have a great player or a great, great season. And Spencer, who do you have? So I think you said Aubameyang, but who do you have for the highest goal scorer? Uh, Pierre Emery Aubameyang. Okay. 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 I'm going to I'm going to go a little bit <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm going to go a little bit of a stretch here. And I'm going to say Pulisic. No, I'm just joking. No way. I'm not going to say Pulisic. <laughs> um, I mean, no, I like Pulisic, but no. Um, I actually am going to go with kind of hard. I mean, I thought I had an idea, though. I'm trying to kind of changing it right now, too. Um, it's it's a difficult one, but I'm going to go with Mane. And I know what you think. He's not, like, the biggest goal scorer. He's not... He starts scoring goals, of course. He's not the big-time goal scorer. Well, he did I, win it two years ago. Yeah, of course. Uh, that's true. Um, I think... I haven't been that impressed with Salah recently. Whatever. Not a big deal. I know. I know. But, yeah, you know. <laughs> but I think Mane really is going to step up for Liverpool this season. As he's done, of course, but I think he's going to just be amazing. One of the better players in the world, in all honesty. I have huge hopes for Mane coming into this season. But that does uh, wrap up for our Premier League predictions. Uh, uh, of course, it does start to. Oh, no. Yeah. Are we actually are going to preview a sure, uh, sure, couple sure. of the games this weekend? Yeah. Uh, starting off with the opening game uh, Fulham versus Arsenal. Who do you got? Oof. At Fulham, it's going to be fun. Newly promoted team against Arsenal. And I'm going to tell you what. I did say Fulham's going to get relegated. In fact, I said last place, I'm pretty sure. But <laughs> <laughs> but I think, and again, I know I know, you know people think I'm an Arsenal hater, whatever. I, I don't know. But I think Fulham are going to start off the season with a win. I'm going to go 2-1 Fulham. And, you know, it's just a hiccup in the road for Arsenal. I think they're going to have an okay season. Okay. But... I think Fulham actually going to grab this win, and it's going to be a lot of fun for them. What about you? Uh, I I said <laughs> Arsenal are going to finish top four, <laughs> and I'm going to stand by that this entire season. I think Arsenal are going to beat Fulham, uh, three to one. Okay. I think it's going to be a relatively straightforward game for them, and I think they're going to be able to get the job done. Next up in the prem- the highlight of the weekend's clash, yeah. you have yeah. to say, uh, Liverpool leads at yeah. Anfield. I think <laughs> it's actually going to be a much closer game than people oh, expect. Right. Me too. I I absolutely love Leeds United as a team. I love Marcelo Bielsa as a manager. I think the preparation he puts in is incredible. I think he's done such a good job getting them up. I just I just wish there could be fans in the yeah, stadium to watch this game. But I think Liverpool are going to take it 2-1. to one. I think Leeds are actually going to take the lead early on, though. Well, I, I definitely agree with you. This game's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Whether, you know, we all know how big Leeds is and how big Liverpool is. It's going to be so much fun for an opener. Mm-hmm. And I really do think I'm going to go with an, another upset. And I think Leeds are going to grab this win, 2-1. to one. Um, uh, in Anfield. I'm not gonna call you crazy for. Yeah, for I that. mean, I, I, I know, just love. I honestly yeah. love that Leeds are back. 
such no, a me big too. Team. Who doesn't? You know, who who doesn't yeah. like Leeds being sure. bad? Uh, well, United. I guess Man United. Yeah, that's why I say Man United fans. <laughs> but but yeah, of course, I think in you know, the Premier League as as a as a whore of the Man United fans, of course, do love Leeds mm-hmm. being back, and I can't wait to watch this game. And I think Leeds are actually somehow going to just get a win, and and it doesn't mean much for Liverpool. I think it's still going to be amazing, but. I think Leeds will be able to grab this. I'm going to go two for two so far on the newly promoted teams. Okay. And the biggest matchup on Sunday is Tottenham-Everton. Who do you have? This is uh, – is, I think this is going to be uh, a, not a stale game, but I believe Mourinho is going to come out with kind of the intention of just, I don't know, not losing – so I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game or anything. But, you know, me and you both have high high hopes for, for Everton this season, rightly so, with these new signings. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take Everton in this game. Uh, 1-0 only. It's in Tottenham. But I think I, I think Everton can squeeze out a win here. Uh, I'm going to – It's a hard I game, don't think you know? It, I think it's going to be a very interesting game to watch. But yeah. – I actually think Everton are going to come out flying. I think they're going to okay. beat Tottenham 3-0. Ooh, 3-0. Big I out for Mourinho. I think Everton are going to come flying out the gates. Okay. I think Ancelotti's going to have them prepped, and yeah. I think they're going to beat them 3-0. Okay. Yeah, I think – yeah, I can, I, can, I can see where you're coming from there. I mean – I, again, I just think Mourinho is going to be so defensive that Everton won't have the chance to do that. But I wouldn't well, be surprised if, in any yeah. games. i got to be honest with you. I, I, I'm I, not much faith in Tottenham this season. So I agree with it. It's going to be interesting to watch. And what about the Brighton-Chelsea game? Brighton-Chelsea, I think it's going to be yeah. a straightforward <laughs> win for Chelsea. I'm going to say 4-0, Pulisic has 4. <laughs> <laughs> come on, no, come on. No, I, I, th- I think Chelsea's... <laughs> gonna win four to one. Yeah, I think I think I think four to one is gonna be fair. I do think Blitz will grab a few. Um I think Warner will grab one at least. And yeah, I think yeah, it's pretty it's a little bit of an unfair game for, for Brighton. It's a hard start in the Premier League yeah. uh, for this season. <laughs> but I think that does effectively wrap up our Premier League uh topic for this episode. Of course we will review these games in the next one. Um hopefully We'll have some good predictions or some correct predictions. But, uh, yeah, we're going to review it on the next one. We're going to hop over to the Nations League, who we saw – we've seen kickoff. Um, and we're not going to go through every game, of course. Um, you know, Nations League, some people care about it, some people don't. I think uh, I think it's pretty important in a sense. But uh, real quick, we saw Germany tie Spain. It was a pretty good game. Um, Netherlands won – Unconvincingly, uh, England. I have to be completely honest with you. I've been so disappointing. Barely beating Iceland and then tying Denmark. I mean, what, I know. what is that? Uh, I don't. I mean, I, and the lineup. I think it, it's know? been such a it's been such a bad yeah week for the England national team. Of course, of course uh, sending home both yeah. Greenwood and Foden. Yeah, no, that's, due to them having a little relations yeah. with the locals in Iceland. Yeah. No, it's it's but so yeah. The one the, the most frustrating thing for me watching England is you have so many great attacking players, yeah. but you decide to go out with basically five at the back and two CDMs. Yeah, no, it's Denmark one hundred percent. 
against Den like if that was against Germany, I think mm-hmm. I could I think Southgate could defend it. But five at the back and two CDMs versus Poulsen, Dolberg, and Braithwaite. Yeah. Like, no, it's, it's it, yeah. <laughs> but I also wish Jack Grealish would have gotten more of a chance in the games. Sure. I think Southgate, for some reason, doesn't like Grealish as a player. Of course, he was hesitant to call him up. Yeah. But when he did came, come on, he was very good mm-hmm. in his limited time. But I, I just wish Grealish would have gotten more of a chance because I really, I really like him as a player. No, same here. I definitely think so. And again, what, what you said in the beginning is so true. Why, what is his formation? Uh, I don't get it. And it seems so scared to go up against. I'm not saying Denmark's a bad team, but it's Denmark. And again, yeah, you look at the who they have on the bench and who they have um, just to select and the attack. And, and you bring out Kane, Sancho, and Sterling, which is great. I'm not complaining about that front three, but what you have behind them, serving them the ball. I mean, it's just a bunch of, yeah, defend, defensive-minded players. I don't get it. I think Southgate really missed the mark on this one, and that's why they've been pretty unconvincing. They just got a win, as you said, against Iceland, which also was mm-hmm. not convincing at all. Um, I do want to shout out Portugal, who have been cooking in this, in, in this competition. Of course, they won without Ronaldo 4-0 in the first game. Um, big, big hundred, inter- hundred international goals, right? Thing. And then we saw, yep, this week against Sweden, got two goals, hundred and one goals, eight away from the record. Um, I mean, Spencer, what you know, the goals it's th- themselves at thirty-five years old is just insane. Mm-hmm. And he's done such a good job taking care of his body. Yeah, and it's showing. But another thing I want to highlight is Germany have had some very poor performances you have to say yeah they played fine against spain but conceded late on to gaia and then switzerland they just played terribly yeah and barely scraped out a 1-1 tie and you have to say that given the team that they have it's very not it's a very bad performance from them for sure no, for sure. And I, I've also been disappointed from them. I did say coming into this that I didn't think Germany was going to be that great, even though they should be great on paper. Um, against Spain, you know, you, yeah, it was 1-1 and Spain got it at the end. But Spain were on that game completely, completely on that game. Rodrigo missed a few chances, and they should have won that game. And it's sad that it had to come down to the end. Um, and Germany would have been pretty lucky to get that win. And on the flip side of that, of course, Spain, who I thought have had an amazing opener. Again, it should have been Germany watching the game. They smashed uh, Ukraine. And, of course, you saw in that game against Ukraine, Ansu Fati came on, drew the penalty in some really nice dribbling, by the way, and then slaughtered one in the bottom right corner. I mean, he's 17 years old. This kid's legit. Mm-hmm. I mean, and yeah. One of the few bright spots for Barcelona, you have yeah. to say. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll continue uh, with the Champions – or, sorry, not Champions League. <laughs> the Nations League, of course. Um, and we'll talk about a few of the other teams next week in, in the next episode. Um, yeah, and I think that effectively wraps up today's episode. Uh, we, 
we hope to get Mattia back for next week's yep. episode. We're gonna do a review of the Premier of the Premier League result, maybe a couple La Liga predictions. Yeah, for sure. And we'll we hope to see you back then. Yeah, guys, thank you guys for listening. See you in the next episode.